As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the CEO You Should Know, a podcast from iHeartMedia Wheeling. I'm Corey Klug, and joining me for this episode here is Richard Royce, the president and CEO of Crittenton Services here in Wheeling. And just want to let you know two great ways that you can listen to this podcast. You can go to newsradio1170.com and search and look for CEO You Should Know under podcasts in the drop down menu. Or if you have the free iHeartRadio app, you can do it that way as well. Just make sure you search CEO You Should Know Wheeling. Again, CEO, you should know Wheeling if you're listening on the free iHeartRadio app. So, Mr. Royce, thanks so much for uh, coming coming on this episode here. I appreciate it. Hi, Corey. Thank you for having me. And it's Richard, please. (laughs) Duly noted. So, Richard, before we get into the the meat of the podcast here, let's kind of take everybody back to how it began for you and just start with some of your general background info because... Because it's it's a little bit of an interesting thing here. You're not necessarily a Valley resident. Where do you originally hail from? Oh, I'm I'm a Kansas boy, uh, born and bred in Hutchinson, Kansas. Uh, and and, and, where, and where is uh, Hutchinson, Kansas? Hutchinson, Kansas is uh, in the the eastern third of the state of Kansas. It's the uh, county seat for Butler County, and uh, uh, where the state reformatory happens to be uh, located. Hmm. So uh, a little bit uh, northeast of uh, Wichita. Gotcha. About an hour northeast of which northwest of Wichita. Gotcha. So, can kind of fill everybody in about what life was like over there in Kansas. Well, uh, a lot different than it is for kids right now. I mean, I, I had a single mom, so my grandparents really raised me, uh, and uh, the issues. I guess that's really what had the most impact on my life. My grandparents moved from Tennessee to Kansas in a covered wagon in the late 1800s after they got married. And when my grandfather retired, uh, uh, there at the working at the state reformatory, um, helped raise this old boy. And yeah, that, that's that's a heck of a heck of a, heck of a story right there for the grandkids. Well, I'm I'm telling you that. Well, the kids have all heard it. Uh, <laughs> the kids have heard it, and the grandkids have heard it. So all four of my kids and all seven of my grandkids. So he's so, so definitely a family man. Uh, how long you been married? Uh, 30 years at this point. I, I'm, now I'm going to be in real trouble. I can't tell my wife I'm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, well, that, well, that's definitely a number I'm looking to uh, get, get to right there because I just got married back in June. So I'm hoping hey, I'm, I'm shooting for that number right there. Thank you so much. And, and where all did you, uh, where all did you uh, go to school? Well, I, I was out of San Diego state uh, for a period of time after I got out of uh, the Navy. And uh, then I transferred from San Diego to the university of Kansas. Uh, if you were back in those days, there was a, 
Um, in California, they were dealing with Proposition 13 and budget cuts. And so there was a question as to whether or not the university was going to continue. So I called the uh, National Association of Social Workers and Social Work Education Association, et cetera. Um, they recommended staying there and seeing what happened, going to the Institute of Chicago or going to the University of Kansas. And I said, well, I know KU. I'll, I'll be happy to go back up there. So went and finished up my bachelor's degree and my master's degree at uh, the University of Kansas. And while I was there, I worked at the Bureau of Child Research. And um, while working on both of my degrees, they actually paid me to travel around the country and look at model programs and then come back and write uh, uh, technical publications on how to replicate independent living centers in other model programs, which was, boy, just a tremendous jump start to the career. And and that's a and one and one of the things that I just learned about you uh, serving in the Navy there. So first and foremost, thank you for your service. Thank you. So so kind of jumping into the background information here on Richard Royce, the president and CEO of Crittenden Services here in Wheeling, also part of the CEO You Should Know podcast. So. Richard, it always interests me how people get into their respective fields. So, so what was it that made you want to get into social work? <laughs> that answer has probably changed 28 times in the course of uh, my, my career. But bottom line is, is really my grandparents. Uh, I used to go, my grandfather and I used to go fishing a lot. And it was a great place to fish right behind the, Kansas, the Hutchison Reformatory. Uh, so I used to go into the, into the reformatory with him when he would be going there um, and wondered what's going on with these kids. Why why are so many kids? What's, what's happening? And he used to share stories and things of that nature. And I guess I really knew that I got into the right profession because when I was doing some uh, family work uh, at uh, while at KU, you'd do therapy work and things of that nature, mm-hmm. I met a, a gentleman that was an engineer um, and he and his wife were there, and uh, he had had an incident at work where they had uh, hit a car and a person had been killed, and the trauma was, was significant for him. But he was taught, we were talking about how have you dealt with issues in, in prior in life. And he said, well, I had kind of a tough life. I was a tough kid, and he had ended up in a reformatory. Well, who does he start talking about it? Who has an impact on his life was my grandfather. And so... You know, I guess it's a part of the, the blood. You know, it gets into you. you. You're concerned about your community. You're concerned about helping to make things better in life and, and so forth. And, you know, it's, it's really not about uh, uh, the bad things that people do, but how they learn from those issues and, and how they grow and move forward in life. Because a lot of people have gone through an awful lot and come back to be some really, really good people. I, I, I need to... I'm dealing with a, you know, it, it brought to mind, if I can just divert for a minute. Sure. Uh, over Thanksgiving holiday, I got a, a phone call from a gentleman that his mother uh, was born at uh, Crittenden. And his uh, grandmother had did this back in the early 1900s. And his grandmother had died uh, while she was at Crittenden uh, about three months after giving birth. Um, so he was trying to track his mother's lineage and so forth, and she had gone on with adoption and things of that nature. And the more we talked, you know, you start thinking about how things make a difference in life. Well, it ends up now he delivers babies. He's a retired uh, physician, and he's, we were talking about Crittenden and the things that we we do at the residential program, which is just one of our, 
our aspects there, and we're the only licensed maternity program uh, for for youth in, in the state. And he says, yeah, I've had to give uh, C-sections to 12-year-olds because the, the, the baby can't go through the birth canal. Yeah. So I, I just found that interesting. Here you're almost 100 years later. You're sitting, we're sitting here talking with this man and how part of his, what he's trying to track back into is how his family and, and how things go full circle. Now he's making a difference in people's lives going forward as well. And it really is amazing how life works like that sometimes, yeah. just you know, just how it can fall into place. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just needed to divert there if I could for a oh, moment. Oh, no, you're good. I, that's it. Those are the things that touch me and that uh, keep me going. And especially, you know, it's, it's kind of like you're in, in 43 years in the business. So sometimes you feel like a cop that you just keep hearing all the bad stories and the bad stories. And it's the good stories that really just keep you going because you do know you're making a difference. And at Crittenden, well, we've got some wonderful staff doing some wonderful things that just make my day every day. Absolutely. And and it's something that you brought up a, a couple minutes ago. It, the fact that working in social work can really be in your blood sometimes. And and that's one thing I really respect about those that go into this field, because there's a lot that goes into helping those in need, no matter, no matter which ones you're going to which people you're going to be addressing. So it definitely takes a certain breed to be in a field like this. And, and that's just something that I've always respected. Well, I'm. Uh... I have a world of respect from from meeting people around that are a whole lot smarter than I am and do a whole lot more than I do, and it's it, it is definitely rewarding to know that there are people out there doing that type of work. Absolutely. Again, Richard Royce, the president and CEO of Crittenden Services, joining us here for this episode of the CEO You Should Know podcast. So, Richard, safe to say that you've been all over the map a little bit with this with this career. So, so, so how so where all has this career in social work taken you? Well, that's another, I guess, uh, very timely for what's going on here in West Virginia because when I left the University of Kansas, I went down to uh, Louisiana and the same issues that uh, we're dealing with here in, in West Virginia were the same issues that the state of Louisiana was doing dealing with at that point, and that's specifically a uh, settlement agreement uh, with the Department of Justice because the services that they they had been shipping people out of state to instead of creating services for people in state, same issue going on in West Virginia. West Virginia's got uh, 200 and I believe 200 close to 250 children that are out of state at this particular point uh, because they um, don't have services for them in state. So it's a it, interesting. This is the fourth state now that I've been in that is uh, under a settlement agreement or uh, was sued by the federal government for its inability to provide services for for a population. Interesting right there. So you say so you end up going down to Louisiana and and like I said, it, it kind of been a little bit over all over the map because because you, your last stop was over in New Hampshire with an organization called Community Bridges, where you were the executive director. So, so kind of fill everybody in on that stop right there. What were some of the notable accomplishments of your time there? What stood out with that position? Just kind of give everybody a general overview of what you did with Community Bridges. Well, Community Bridges was uh, the way that New Hampshire is structured. Community Bridges was the organized healthcare system for the capital region within uh, the state of West Virginia. What that means is that anybody that uh, 
uh, being supported in that that territory that was uh, intellectually and developmentally disabled, um, we handled their services. It was a $50 million a year operation when I left with uh, uh, five to 600 employees. Uh, and we operated services not only within our region, but we also contracted with 26 providers to provide the services. And with you being so well-traveled over the years in, in this particular field, how has each location that you've been to shaped not only your career, but also your life at the same time? Uh, hopefully in, in good ways. My, the, uh, the bottom line, uh, I guess, is, is you do what you do because you enjoy what you do and you keep doing it from that vantage point. And you can't be in this type of business without your family being touched by it as well. So I have a wife who was a, uh, a nurse, a registered nurse, worked in hospitals, worked in a variety of different uh, settings. She retired as a director of nursing when managed care came into to a process. So she, too, was a, a helping person. But my kids grew up uh, as we would go out and, and develop homes or develop community services, uh, do those types of activities, work with families, got to know families all over the country, frankly. Uh, so my kids grew up in that that uh, type of arena as well. Happy to say one's running a charter school down in in, uh, in Gainesville, Florida now. Another one is is uh, just went to work for the county in, in New York. Another one is uh, a special education teacher in Pennsylvania with certifications on math and yeah, you name it. She's got a certification. I know we're paying the bill. Uh, the, and a, a son who's up is still living up in uh, Concord, New Hampshire. So, so it definitely seems like one big, happy, helping family that you got right there. Uh, well, I'm real proud of them. I'm very, very proud of them. As you should be. As you should be. And just a little something else here before we get into getting into Crittenton and how you got into that. Oh, now, over the years in your career and and really in your life, and for a matter of fact, how were how were you able to develop your leadership skills to help you land where you are now? Because being the executive director of Community Bridges and now being the president and CEO of Crittenton, how were you able to develop your leadership skills over the years to help land you where you are now? I was blessed very early on with a mentor who uh, stressed the importance of continuing to grow and develop my own desire to continue to grow and develop. Um, the bottom line is I still have people that I call. I still have people who call me. When you're struggling with a, a situation, whether it be an ethical question or coming up with a design or funding changes, things of that nature, when you look out your window and you see the cars of the people who are, are working for you and working with you, the bottom line is you know that your decisions have an impact not just on the people you're supporting, but also the staff who are doing making sure that that support is a good quality support. So those are those are things that make a difference in in the overall proposition. I I left um, um, working within organizations for about eight years and ran a turnaround management group, and so traveled around the country doing doing turnaround management. And one of the things that it, I learned very early on is when people lose that connectivity, when they lose that that somebody to reach out to to help them go through those decisions and so forth, it becomes far more difficult because if, if you are a, I, I think if you're a responsible head of a company, you make those decisions and you don't make them lightly. And there's no decision that can't be turned around, 
But from the same vantage point, you know the impact of your decision is beyond just you or the four walls in the room you are. You're not in an ivory tower. Amen to that. Again, Richard Royce, the president and CEO of Crittenton Services, joining us here for this episode of the CEO You Should Know podcast. So now let's kind of get into how you came about with Crittenton, because before we started recording, you mentioned that you kind of came out of retirement to take this job. So so kind of delve into a little bit of that. What made you uh, want to get out of retirement and come to the Valley? Well, when I was up in, in uh, New Hampshire, we were looking for, because we had responsibility for people, we were looking for um, a place for a young lady that uh, had PTSD and was intellectually developmentally disabled as well, and um, doing a national search because we didn't have services for her up there. Um, and the bottom line is nobody, no place in the country was willing to take her. So friends that I know at CMS and some at Administration of Family and Children and so forth would ask as to, would have you talk with the people at Crittenden? Have you talked with people at Crittenden? So I had a forensic case manager that was working on all of it, and, and uh, she couldn't come up with anything, and she had talked with the folks there. So I called them up, and we had a conversation. Ends up, she was older and couldn't be served in the residential program because we're only licensed to serve people up to 21. Mm. But what we did is we we delved into what makes Crittenton work and, and why it works and so forth and picked up a therapist that happened to, to have come out of the same training program out of, up in Massachusetts. And there's probably three um, therapists in the state of New Hampshire that I would probably trust with trauma-informed therapists. And, you know, the, the ARC model that we use is, is a model that it, people know very little about and, and is actually... A, an exceptional model that, and I've worked with a variety of models around the country, did some stuff with the, the teaching family model, with the Murdoch model, and I, I'm just, just blessed with it. So long story short is we went ahead and, and replicated the program. That services for that young lady up there uh, cost a half a million dollars. The state of New Hampshire, and I know because I was signing the contracts, the state of uh, New Hampshire was paying a half a million dollars because of the complexity and I know when I left up there, when I retired up in, in uh, New Hampshire, that young lady came and gave me a hug in my office. And it's one of the, the times that I have no bones about saying I, I bawled like a baby. Hmm. So, you know, she's improved significantly. And I have to say it's because of what we learned from Crittenden and, and so forth. So I went into retirement and helped with some family issues that were going on at that particular point with one of my kids. And uh when that settled down and is pendant before the pandemic hit, uh, I actually started getting some phone calls from friends saying, "Hey, um, if you're interested in coming back into the field, you know, I know about this or I know about that." And when I got a call one day t- telling me that Kathy had left uh, Crittenden, um, that's one of the places I decided I wanted to apply, and and I was blessed to have been chosen by the board to come here. So, so truly, it, it truly is a case that it really is meant to be in your blood and it's what you're meant to do, because if you're willing to come out of retirement to go back into the field, it really is saying something. Well, these are, what should be saying something is really, Crittenden is, is West Virginia's best kept secret. I, I don't know, there, there were three places, quite honestly, that I had gotten phone calls about that were, were interesting enough to, to me to consider going to. But Crittenton is where I applied, and Crittenton is where I was very happy that they they decided to to offer me the position. It's it's a magic place, and it and it is truly a very well kept secret. 
So, so let's delve into Crittenden Services here a little bit. Again, Richard Royce, the CEO and president of Crittenden Services, joining us here on the CEO You Should Know podcast. So since it is West Virginia's best kept secret in, in, in your eyes, for those that don't know, what is Crittenden Services all about? Well, most people know Crittenden, and when I first came here and was staying in a hotel, people referred to it, oh, yeah, that's the, the place with the kids uh, who are pregnant up on the, over in Elm Grove. And, well, yeah, we there. it's a, the only licensed maternity program in the state. You're absolutely correct. But there's a whole lot more to it. There's actually uh, quite a few people that are in that residential program, and those individuals uh are dealing with a whole lot of different circumstances and situations that uh, um, need help. And what transpires is really magical. The connection that the staff make with the girls going through the program, whether they are in the maternity program or not, is significant to the point. I mean, I was sitting in in one of the, the case manager's offices the other day, and he got a phone call from a young lady who left there six years ago. And she calls roughly once a week and keeps that connection. What you're really dealing with is you're dealing with people with some mental health issues and so forth that really don't have connectivity with a whole lot of people. And these are people that they know that they they can connect with, they can trust, that aren't going to exploit them or going to be there for them no matter what and help them through those circumstances. So here you've got people who have left who are now adults, young adults, and, and we're still there for them when they need that connection. You have the Wellsprings operation, which a lot of people don't know that Wellsprings is a part of Crittenden. It's our our family therapy uh, out in in the programs. We've got five uh, Wellsprings offices around the state. We're serving all 55 counties through our residential program, and we're serving over 20 counties uh, through our Wellsprings operations as well. In Wellsprings, it's not just family therapy. We're also doing in-home services. Um, In-home services, a little trick for the trade. Most mental health, you go into an office, you have clinical support, you'd meet your therapist, things of that nature. In in our particular case, we will go to your home and provide the therapy in your home. Mm-hmm. The, the difference that that makes is that you actually see what's going on within the home. You see the environment that people are living in. You see the interactions as they are actually occurring. And that makes a world of difference as to how the therapist is able to be more effective and more supportive to the family or to the individual and, and very quickly in that overall process. We also have our Cradle to Crayon program, which I, I'm very proud of and, and happy to say we're, we're designing some changes to that program to continue because our effort within Crittenton is always to improve the quality and, and nature of our services. And that's a focus. Uh, Amanda's our coordinator there, and she's come up with, I think, a an absolutely fantastic idea about taking it to the next level. So uh, hopefully come July of next year, you're going to be saying, hey, Richard, come on down. Let's talk about this. Because uh, I I think she's really done an excellent job of targeting in and how we can help uh, children in our before and after care programs and in our pre-K programs to help them. Kids are going through an awful lot right now. We also have the TIES program. And so Kids are going through a tremendous amount. You can imagine in the pandemic as to how that impacted people's economy, all the triggers that go into uh, and stressors that families experience, uh, kids finding themselves out on the street in many cases, the disconnection between the school because now you're trying to learn remotely. I mean, we work with schools in some, some communities, 
and went out and helped them just to be able to connect back up with the schools because people didn't know how to operate the the computer to be able to just log in and, and go through. We assume because we're such a technological society, I mean, I remember the first time I turned on a computer to go ahead and, and uh, start working within social services when we did some work in, in uh, Colorado because that was a big deinstitutionalization. You could log in and, and do your thing. Well, that was back in 1981. So it's it's a it's a different world at this particular point, and everybody's on their iPad, all that. Well, but these were kids that didn't know how to do that, and the fam mm-hmm. and a, the parent or grandparent who happens to be the significant other for that, or uncle or aunt, uh, they were the people, and and they don't know how to do that connection. In other cases, we found where people were needing food, where people needed other forms of resources, and made those connections as well. The ties program has done a is actually being studied by the uh, University of West Virginia is doing work and has done, had been has been doing research on the ties program. We're in our third year now, I guess, uh, maybe our fourth. It was interrupted by the pandemic and and the issues of the research model. But the work that it demonstrates is that the impact of having a trauma informed uh, person within the classroom and how that benefits all of the children, quite frankly, uh, in their learning. Uh, the the um, the numbers improved exponentially, so it's uh, it's something that we're excited about doing. Actually, when I leave here today, I'm going to go and hear more about. Uh, I I don't know many agencies that are willing to to do this. When you're willing to put yourself out there because you're you're striving to continue to do the best you possibly can for the people you're supporting, where you'll take your data and say here review my data. How are we doing? What can we do to do better? And so forth. It's not identifying information out there about, you know, Betty's doing this or Johnny's doing that. No, it's a data on how we're progressing and being able to measure the impact of the services that you're Mm -hmm. rendering. That's, I don't know of anybody else that's doing that in the state of West Virginia. Again, one of the magic things about Crittenton and why it's one of the best kept secrets is we just keep doing our job and moving things forward and always trying to be the best we possibly can. And you mentioned everything that Crittenden's able to do, and then, and then you mentioned kind of that original perception of the organization and, and about, about, the, about the pregnancy with, you know, with younger teens and everything, but just, just being able to have, Crittenden being able to branch out to serve so many, to serve so many other people who need it and shed that original reputation that people may have, it just really is amazing how Crittenden's been able to branch out a little bit and how, as you alluded to, it really can be West Virginia's best-kept secret. Our, our focus has been on the services, not on out-marketing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Our, our focus has been on how do we continue to in, improve our quality and, and potentially shame on us for doing that because it also you know, helps to bring in resources. And as you can imagine, resources are important in a case like that. But the reality is we need to keep focusing on doing the absolute best job that we can. And if we, if we, if we divert from that focus, then we're not being fair to the people that, that we support. Marketing, uh, however, is really doing a nice job going forward. And, and I'm, I'm happy with some of the changes. You might see a billboard up here at this particular point in the not-too-distant future. Uh, you'll see some outreach that we're doing that is different. We're always looking for good people, to join the team and come on board, it is not an easy 
proposition. We're expecting, as you said, some people it's just not the right thing for. Some people it's what you're driven for. We're looking for people who are looking to to make a difference in people's lives and are willing to focus themselves uh, on improving themselves so that they can do the best they possibly can do. For sure. And you, you mentioned addressing the addressing the people that you guys are trying to serve and help out. Even though Crittenton is a little bit of a national organization, it's still able to fit in with the needs of each community. And it's clear that with Crittenden here in West Virginia, that it, it really holds up to that motto. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's, that's exactly right. We are a part of a, a national, there are national Crittentons who were started. Crittenton here in West Virginia was started when Mr. Crittenton was approached by the Women's Club of Wheeling and said, and when he was speaking in, in Pennsylvania. And so they came here. And interestingly enough, this is the only Crittenton in the country that is named after his daughter. The name of the organization is actually Florence Crittenden, and Florence Crittenden is is the name of his. And he asked that when when he agreed to uh, fund the original Crittenden site here, he asked that it be named after his daughter. And we we take great honor in the fact that uh, we ha- we hold that name. So, how all can people learn more about what Crittenden's able to do if they if they need to request some of your services or if they just want to learn more about what you guys do? Well, you can certainly call our office at any any given point, uh, and we'll be be referred out. Our phone number is area code three zero four two four two seven zero six zero, and they'll if you're looking for services, the receptionist will refer you on for services. If you're uh, depending upon if that's in in Wheeling or if you're down in Huntington or if you're over in Morgantown or New Martinsville, up in Weirton. But she will make the the connection for you, to, so we'll refer you on. Um, the bottom line is you can also go on and on and look at our website, which is uh, www.crittentonwv. And I'm going to spell Crittenton because I know I had a hard time with that when I first was joining on board. But it's www.crittenton then wv for westvirginia.org. Go on there. You can look at what services we provide. You can see what events are coming up. You can see what jobs are open at this particular point. Um, the market in jobs or how things are, are moving forward is, is really an interesting proposition. I was just reading a report that only 55% of the, the possible labor force within the state of West Virginia has returned to, to work and so forth. Uh, but there's a whole lot of folks out there. There's a tremendous need for master's level licensed therapists in the state of West Virginia. Um, we've actually been talking with some people out of state uh, about whether or not they would be interested in coming to West Virginia and learning about our model. The model is is taught uh, in uh, Boston, and the bottom line is people leave and graduate and return and go back to their respective states using that model when they leave the university there. So WVU has, an well, there's a number of exceptional programs, but whether it be Marshall, WVU, uh, West Liberty has a tremendous uh, undergraduate. I mean, we could, I, I literally have on my desk at this point, because we're going to be going out and talking with some universities, a two-page list of, of and it's very small print. Trust me, it's difficult with my old eyes, but the there are some wonderful universities here that are putting out some 
really terrific people. If they want to come to a, an organization and interested in learning about how to do things right and be challenged that it's not just learning about I can be a social worker, but how can I make an impact on people's lives? Do you know, there's a when I was at the University of Kansas and I was doing some work. Uh, Boys Town was actually working on creating the teaching family model out of the University of Kansas at that point. Hmm. But there's a, a, a studies that were done. Why are social workers only effective 50% of the time? Now, that study's been replicated time and time and time and time again. The last time it was, I believe, Gibbons and Gibbons uh, did the last piece. Barbara Gibbons, was the uh, she and her husband uh, replicated that. It's really all about how you approach people. It's mm-hmm. teaching you the skills and abilities of how you treat people with dignity, how you're non-judgmental, your voice tone, all of those things play into it. All of those are things that we stress in our own process. In, in the office, if you, if you get the, uh, the comment, you're not being very archy, you need to center yourself back again and, and come back into the, the model. Interesting way of looking at it right there, but it definitely seems like Crittenden is on the up and up with everything that they're with everything that they're trying to do, and it's really clear that it it's not going to be one of the best kept secrets for for very very much longer with you at the helm here because it it definitely seems like it's going to be pointing in the right direction. Well, it has been pointing in the right direction. I'm I'm just happy to be a part of it because we have some we got people. I'm not the one leading the way. The staff that we've got that are doing the work day in day out, twenty four hours a day. Those are the ones that are really leading the way. It's just my job to go out and tell their story. Absolutely. Well, Richard, I know you got a bit of a busy afternoon ahead of you, but I appreciate you spending spending some time with me here today and filling us everything about for, with everything about you, everything about Crittenton. It, it, it really, really is greatly appreciated. And I think and I thank you for joining me on this episode. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. And thank you to your listeners. No problem. And once again, folks, if you want to learn more about Crittenden Services or if you if you need their services, just give them a call at 304-242-7060 or you can go to their website, www.crittentonwv.org. And again, Crittenden spelled C-R-I-T-T-E-N-T-O-N. And before we go, Crittenden Services wanted to bring this to everyone's attention here in the Valley Last month, a ministry in Kentucky called the Sisters of Charity of Nazareth brought a construction crew of volunteers to Crittenton to help renovate their Wade House, and the renovation will help more West Virginia girls stay in state while they receive behavioral health at Crittenton. But unfortunately, Sisters of Charity of Nazareth was recently impacted by the tornadoes that blew through Kentucky a few days ago. So Crittenton Services is asking the community to help out Sisters of Charity however they can. Any donation towards the ministry will help provide cleanup assistance and meet any unmet needs for individuals and families as they recover from this disaster. So if you want to donate today, you can go to scnfamily.org. Again, that's scnfamily.org. So that concludes this latest episode of the CEO You Should Know podcast. Again, I thank Richard Royce, the president and CEO of Crittenden Services here in Wheeling for stopping by and talking with me today. And just a reminder, two great ways that you can listen to the podcast. You can go to newsradio1170.com and search for the podcast under podcasts in the drop down menu. Or if you have the free iHeartRadio app, just simply search CEO You Should Know Wheeling and you can listen to all our episodes right then and there. So until next time, I'm Corey Klug saying thank you so much for listening to and learning about a CEO you should know.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.